1: 18 plus Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR
0: brought to you by glandviaconnect.com
2: Hello and welcome to Farm View well, as usual, it's Kieran O'Connor here with your weekly farming programme. Once again, I have a busy show for you this week. Well, on this week's programme, I'll discuss the impact of Watford of Agricultural Sustainable Support and Advisory Programme aimed at improving water quality in the region. I'll review CTEX Watford's recent cereal and protein crop walks with some exciting new developments. And plus, as Kildalton College, now Ireland's largest agri-college, celebrates 50 years this year, we'll discuss its huge impact to the sector. And plus, as always, we'll have our farming calendar.
1: FarmView with Kieran O'Connor on WLR.
0: With Glambiaconnect.com, Ireland's biggest online farming shop and more.
2: Well, the Agriculture Sustainability Support and Advisory Programme, it's a, it's a mouthful, I know, but ASAP is a free and confidential advisory service aimed at improving water quality. It was set up almost three years ago, and for an update on its progress, indeed, to discuss the problems, we're joined from ASAP by kahal Summers of Chagas. kahal first of all, you set up three years ago. How has this first three years been for you? Obviously, the whole aim is to improve water quality what type of response are you getting on the ground yeah Kieran. look the, the response is really really good I suppose we're on farms
3: now the last three years started farm visits in 2019 the programme initially was set up probably the year before just to get everything going and organised but in the first year I suppose it was slow because people are probably a bit, little bit nervous who are these people coming in to give us a bit of advice but once work got out in the ground and I started to meet people that were there to advise and help and free confidential service you know we're taken really well by farmers and to be honest with you without farmers with working with us the, the, the programme we're going over and farmers have done a great job and and, and So
2: good. very much the process do you contact the farmer in a certain area be it from a riverbed area be it from an estuary whatever and then take it from there and you might outline to our listeners the areas that you've covered in Waterford
3: Yeah so there's are seven areas in Waterford that were up at the Tay in Kilrossie, the Clodagh in Rockormack the Collagrin Bricky in Dungarvan the Glenaboy in Tallow the Cush Camera, just north of Dungarvan there as well the Johns which is south of Waterford City all the way kind of from Kilmeadon to, to Faith Lake and then Dunhill just beyond the city right. as well. And look, th- the way it happens is there's normally a community meeting run by the local authorities Water Programme and all the communities invite that meeting and then normally we always invite a farmers meeting so all the farmers within the certain catchment area will get a letter of invite and then what I'd be encouraging people to do is come along and that's where we're just farmers and myself and, and, and right. also via Glombia, ASAP advisor, Andrew Gary is in the area as well or TJ Phelan and we'll have a chat tell what right. the programme is about and after that then we'll try and get on the farms and it's, it's, it's... Water
2: quality is a broad statement. What are are the key areas that the problem are in and what are the areas that you're tackling to solve the problem? Yeah so the three big ones here are phosphorus, sediment
3: and nitrogen and mainly phosphorus is what affects our rivers and, and sediment affects our rivers and nitrogen is I suppose one that's talking about a lot with the nitrates derogation and all the nitrates rules but I suppose nitrate doesn't affect the rivers as much it's more into the estuaries where it affects but so I suppose what I find is trying to get out into farms and it, there's no point in telling the farmer look there's a problem here solve it you have to tell them why it's a problem and and, and get the explanation across because some of those issues are very complex and they're not just a flick a switch and fix right. the problem. So it's getting out there, having a the discussion and trying to come up with solutions with the farmer and, and putting them in place. And
2: are all these, uh, we'll say problems, solvable, number one, and number two, uh, how long could it take to get it right on a farmer? Are you talking about a couple of years, are you talking about a couple of months?
3: Yeah, so for we're in the southeast part of the country, so it's very free soils, so we're more susceptible to nitrate problems. So that's a slower fix. Now, the phosphorus and sediment problems can be a quick fix, for example, if you have a cattle drinking out of the river and you close that drinking point, take them out, you know, that can ease those phosphorus and sediment problems within you know weeks to months. Whereas nitrogen is a different beast altogether. It's not necessarily that the farmer's doing something wrong, it's just if you have a free drained soil and nitrate is in the soil and the plant doesn't take it up in time and it gets washed down with rain, sometimes it can go down through the soil into the groundwater. Once it hits the groundwater then it connects to a river at some point. Depending on how good the, what we call the bedrock or the aquifer is underneath, how quickly the water is able to seep through it into the nice. river. It could take, you know, if you make a change today, you mightn't see the change in the river for, you know, months to years depending on the aquifer. So when
2: you take Waterford Estuary as such, and I know there was, um, the EPA had out some figures as regards nitrate levels in that whole Waterford Estuary. Of course, that's that's an unbelievable area because you're talking about a few counties and you're talking about three rivers in the shornor and barrow as well so that is a huge problem area such or are an area that needs to be tackled
3: you're you're 100% right like often when i come to an area a, a farmer might think if they're not connected to a river they they can't contribute to the problem but that's not the case it's really like for nitrogen and this is what affects the estuaries because nitrate moves down and and, and it causes algae blooms and that kind of stuff but look th- to think about it if there's water there, there's there's wexford there's kilkenny, there's a lot of stuff feeding into that estuary so it's not just water is the issue i know our ace advisor on the wexford side is looking after that side but look it's not just farming there's a number of things there's, there's different industries there's set wastewater treatment plants there's lots of things to consider mm-hmm. and the local authority waters program scientists that work with me help us on that side of the house as well so two
2: points our farmers obviously they're more aware of when you go out to work with them uh, the uptake has been pretty good at the moment are you still looking for more guys and I know your open meetings and farm walks were all cancelled are you hoping to get them on board because this is something that needs to be tackled urgently and I'm, I'm sure there's an awareness on farm for that as well
3: yeah good news on that front uh, I suppose COVID's starting to lift a little bit now and we're back out doing some discussion groups we're allowed to be out and about a bit and unless we're back out meeting the people you now it's harder to do but we're back out and generally when I'm on discussion groups now I'll, we'll go onto a farm we'll have a meeting with a group of farmers and i'll tailor to that farm and we'll look at the soil types we'll look at the bedrock underneath we'll look at the type of farm right. going on there and we'll go through the farm and give people good examples of, of how to solve the problem mm-hmm. and look and in the tay and clarosney and, and recormick and the claudia at the moment i'm hoping to come out of there this year and the news is very good there The tay was at good status now it's gone up to high status and that's what we had hoped for and we want to keep there so you're getting a good response oh from the excellent done already, yeah. brilliant yeah. response yeah no look and it's not just work i didn't the farmers are the ones doing yeah. the job I, i'm just there to try and help them out but the claude is the same thing claude was down at Moderate status three years ago now we're back up to good status and the trick now is to keep there. So we have the foot on the pedal now and just hold it there. But farmers are doing a lot of good work there. i on, on revisits I, a lot of my visit two years ago, back in now the last three two months visiting hard and a lot of good work yeah. done. And, and we can see the positive results. And and for a farmer, if they can see that what the one or two things they did made a positive impact, you know that that's
2: half the battle. Well Kahl, listen, I know it's only three years up and running. You've done great work it's the asset, the agricultural sustainability support and advisory group. It's a bit of a mouthful but you're doing super work on the ground would you encourage more farmers obviously to avail it and if farmers want to get involved do they wait to hear from a, a new upcoming meeting or do they contact the local child's advisor what's the best way route to contact yourself and, and get this up and running so the best thing to do and I'm going to be doing uh, I suppose put, doing farmers meetings now in
3: Dunhill in the Johns which is south of the city Waterford City and in around uh, Tallow in the next 2-3 months so if you get a letter of invite try your best to go up to the meeting right. just to find out what's about and if you get an invite that means you're entitled that Free confidential service and look the worst thing will happen it's an hour out of your time yeah. for me to visit and really if you get to visit look it will help protect farming in the future because if we don't get on top of water quality it will affect our business but there is a will out there and waterford amongst farmers and the response
2: and so far has been good i um, massively positive yeah. yeah well, I think you made two big statements there it's free and it's confidential contact your local uh, Chalkask advisor there'll be a note in the post over the next few weeks make sure you attend the next meeting call Summers of ASAP keep up the great work as regards water quality
1: and we keep in touch with our listeners as regards on Going open meetings. Yep. Kieran, thanks very much for having me. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR
0: with GlanbiaConnect.com. Thousands of products in the palm of your hand. Well, recently,
2: SeaTech Waterford held their annual crop walks over the last couple of weeks indeed, and joining us on the line is a man very much involved in two to four with these crop rocks, and that's Tim O'Donovan of SeaTech. Tim, you're welcome to our
4: programme. Thank you very much, Kieran. Thanks for having me on.
2: Tim, as I say, annually you have these SeaTech crop walks covering all the various aspects of wheat, barley and oats, and of course also peas and beans. How well did this year's crops go, and what were the highlights from your point of view for these trade crop walks?
4: Yeah, we were delighted to be able to welcome people back into the trial sites again with COVID. has been a difficult uh, 18 months, Kieran, and people were lacking commonality of meeting up and sharing ideas and experience. And no matter how good we have become on Zoom and Teams and all those electronic means, it's always nice to meet people at the end of the growing season. And that's kind of one of the main functions of our crop walks is that we bring together the the industry. Unfortunately, we weren't able to have a large event because of the restrictions that are still there. But like we, we had a lot of our trade customers down across seven or eight smaller days. We were able to offer people a wide variety of times and choices to come, so it was very Mm. successful from that perspective. the crops, I suppose, look the best day of the year to look at winter crops and spring crops is around at the end of June or the start of July. And we were fortunate with the weather that we had very nice days as well, not too hot, mind you, uh, but certainly there was a nice, nice, a nice kind of a climate there for the job. Our farm then is in a really nice setting. Um, we have the trials are are hosted by the the Galway and field family out near Fate Lake, and uh, it's very scenic and very nice, um, very good arable land. So, look, our main crops that we would have shown people around winter oilseed rape, winter barley, winter wheat, winter oats, spring corn. Um, Those are the main crops that people would have seen. Mm. Um, I would say at the moment... It's one of the better looking years in terms of yield. Now I hate to actually predict forward because like we've had years where a bad summer can suddenly start on the 1st of July. Now fingers crossed that won't happen. But certainly at the moment things are looking very good. Um, Rain yield in winter barley and winter wheat especially looks exceptional this year and we're all hoping for a decent run into the harvest so that people can you know get a fair return for their work and their labour and effort over the last 12 months.
2: You mentioned just before we came on air to me about winter barley and some new innovation as regards the opportunity and a huge uh, new window that's there in these new varieties as regards setting winter barley which would be uh, music to people's ears particularly down here in the southeast.
4: yeah I mean look the threat of barley yellow dwarf virus has been with us for 40 years at this stage and up to a few years ago we were using chemistry to control the spread of aphids or green flies into the crop but that chemistry has been um, removed from the market. Now we're able to bring varieties to market uh, that actually have natural tolerance to that virus in them. Our own variety that we have it's the first one on the market is called uh, Joyu which is the French word jewel and it's uh, a barley that's able to be sown a little bit earlier than, you know, traditionally growers might be fearful of with virus spread um, but the virus isn't actually doesn't have an effect on barley and it's able to grow really well
2: When you say earlier what type of day are you talking about?
4: A week to 10 days before you would normally sow barley in your locality pure.
2: Okay that's good to hear
4: Yeah and at the other end of the scale then we have people who are always challenged with you know getting in a more difficult field you know the weather might break and they're faced with drilling towards the end of October Getting in after November. a
2: break crop or something yeah
4: Yeah and that's where really and the hybrid barley fit in because they are more resilient in more challenging conditions than conventional barley, mm-hmm. and despite the fact that they're, you know, even sown as a lower seeding rate they really do a really good job when they're drilled mm. at the end of the season. So, you know, between the hybrid, between the BYDV barley, you know, there's a really long window there now for drilling winter barley for anybody in the south of the country, yeah. in County Waterford especially.
2: Good to hear. You mentioned in passing also about the whole area of beans. It's a very interesting one and I'm very keen on this whole notion of we try to supplement the imported soybean, which is a, which is a huge problem and particularly when we talk about sustainability and that whole area. How are the, how are the protein beans potential looking and do you feel this is something that there's huge potential in but a lot of work has been done and more needs to be done I suppose really as regards the bean crop.
4: Yeah absolutely look I'm part of a stakeholder group for the whole industry um, the arable industry that are part of and I mean we're looking at it from the point of view of policy the Department of Agriculture has supported beans now since 2015 with a subsidy and we're hoping that that will continue into the new cap reform and we've wrong indications that's going to be the case and probably that the payment per acre will be increased a little bit Ciaran second part of it will be more more kind of what we do in Tech is that we're looking to develop newer varieties that are more suitable to the Irish climate mm-hmm. and that can be hard because if you take a year like 2018 so the lack of rain was our problem. This year disease control is the problem so it's very hard to get a variety that's able to withstand Consistent, across yeah. those kind of extremes but we do have some excellent varieties on the market that are performing at the top of men list each year and I suppose the other element of it is, is that we look at varieties that might create a little bit more demand. So we've developed with some of the breeders we work with, uh, low co vicine beans, and zero-tannin beans, and we've tested those in Chagaskin Moore Park this spring, and they've actually came out as good as, or slightly better than soy-fed uh, diet. And these were diets that were fed to pig, which would be sensitive to any issues if there was an issue with the protein mm. content. Or well, the that's good to hear
2: now that you positive control. results there. That was good to hear, as you say, particularly with pigs.
4: And then the other um, element of the, the mix, I suppose, is the, the value of these rations. And you know, soya fed rash carry a kind of a... You know, up until about maybe five or ten years ago, people weren't really that aware of issues regarding deforestation in South America. I mean, we all saw the pictures of the the, the forest being burned for the creation of arable land in South America, and that's where faba beans really come into their own. They are a native protein source. They have low carbon miles, obviously, because they're grown in Ireland versus grown four or five thousand miles away. But it, the, odd, the really big thing is the fact that they're grown in a in an arable uh, field mm. that you know isn't after being down to make way, or a forest has been chopped down to make way first. So for companies or customers that are looking for sustainable protein sources, I don't think you can go far wrong with faba beans as a mix in the diet.
2: That's great to hear because obviously there's huge potential obviously there's a cost factor involved but as you, as you say when you talk about sustainability and the importation of soybean which has become a huge problem for the industry I think the beans seems to be a, a great positive development and something for the future. Finally Tim overall yeah. this year's crops you're happy that we're, we're in for a pretty good harvest? It looks
4: like it at the moment Kieran. but look I suppose I've been around the block a while now and I hate to actually predict forward, but at the moment it's looking as good as it can be. To be
2: honest, yeah. Tim O'Donnell of Sea Taking Water Team. Listen once again. Well done on your crop props. Great to hear exciting news with winter barley, and then particularly with the whole protein beans area as well. Thanks for taking a call, Tim. Best of luck with the upcoming harvest.
1: Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR
0: with Glambiaconnect.com Thousands of products in the palm of your hand.
1: And you welcome back to part two of
2: Farm View. Now, before I hear all about Kildarton Colleges. Celebration of fifty years this year. Let's have a look at some items from our farming calendar. First of all, turning to our farmer markets, country markets, and what an array of fabulous local farm fresh products available right throughout the city and county each week here in Waterford. This Saturday morning you have Waterford Farmers Market in John Roberts Square. Also on Saturday morning we have Tremor Farmers Market, Priest Road, Tremor and also of course every Saturday morning, Stradbally Farmers Market between ten and one in the beautiful village of Stradbally. And Sunday you have Lismore Farmers Market, Castle Avenue, Lismore, lovely picturesque. Venue Every Sunday from 10 until 4 And also on Sunday we've had more Farmers Market Just off the beach car park every Sunday Running from 11 until 3 Thursday mornings is Dungarvan Farmers Market Grattan Square every Thursday from 9 until 2 While on Friday mornings we've Dungarvan Country Markets At the Scouts Den in Abbeyside from 9 till 1 And also at Friday mornings in the city We've offered Farmers Market in St. Olaf's Hall Running as well from 9 until 1 our livestock marts, of course, up and running. And as we said over the last number of weeks, great to see the ringside buyers back again around our rings in our local marts. This Saturday morning, Wafford Ross Mart in New Ross. Cattle sales from half nine, calf sales from ten. While on Monday morning, you've done Garvin marts. Calf sales running from half past ten with cattle sales from eleven. And remember, all sales are now online at livestock Live. Com. And finally, on the show jumping front, great to see the Shannon Kilhouse Equestrian Centre Kilmac's unregistered Summer Pony Leagues attracting huge numbers each Friday evening. They continue every Friday in Kilmac at 5 o'clock. And of course, remember, the finals will take place on Friday, August the 27th. FarmView
1: with Kieran O'Connor on WLR
0: with Glambiaconnect.com Ireland's biggest online farming shop and more. Well, this year, would you believe, Kildalton
2: College are celebrating 50 years. It's a land-based education in 2021 so really a fantastic milestone for the college which has become Ireland's largest agri and horticultural and lead equine college in the country and join us on the line just to look ahead first of all to one of their open days on Thursday the 12th of August but also to look ahead to how these achievements have been achieved by the Is and join us on the line as one of the lecturers there Joe Day Joe you're welcome to our programme Thank you very much Kieran. Joe 50 years a major milestone indeed unfortunately because of Covid obviously celebrations are restricted but really you have become the flag bearer of the agri-education uh, system in Ireland.
5: Yeah. I suppose uh, we, were, we were conscious of that milestone coming up and uh, pre-COVID we would have had plans to market in a, in a, I suppose, in a, in a very public elaborate and celebratory way COVID obviously caused us to shelve those plans but uh, during that process some of the retirees in particular and some of the uh, my colleagues here that were put together in kind of a working group and his had um, either catalogued or unearthed or archived some material and it was amazing to see how the place has evolved not just in terms of just physically the, the art and the enterprise I suppose the range of courses on offer here the number of students attending courses the flexible nature delivery of courses and I suppose quite positively with a more balanced gender profile mm. of those attending and participating in the course as well so it was an eye-opener just going back over the different decades and to see how I suppose what was achieved what was celebrated uh, maybe to see where we've come from and it, it gives us uh, I suppose a lot of enthusiasm going mm. to the the next 50 but we hope to, to mark that uh, next year mindful of uh, whatever restrictions are in place or lifted at that stage was to mark the achievements of those that have gone before us and, and, and what
2: they've built on Now of course you're up to 1,400 students 1,400 students which is massive and of course as I mentioned in the intro there your agriculture horticulture and equine and when you started out in the 70s of course it was a different scenario for for the college also the range of courses now available not the the standard just the two year green cert course and whatever you're very much way up to the whole area of um, degree courses and and you're involved with WIT and UCD that's been fantastic for Kildalton Yeah
5: it was it it has been um, a great feather in terms of the tie-in that we've had with uh, WIT and uh, latterly then with with UCD so just taking the WOT tie-in, that's there for a good few years now. A lot of the uh, agriculture and agricultural science course uh, students would spend their time doing pr- practical skills as part of their 4 year degree course at WAT. They would spend it out here in Kildarton College. So some of those agriculture students in year one could spend uh, three to four days a week here during a semester doing the, the applied practical skills. And I suppose the further they build towards their degree programme, the more they're doing the science and the business mm-hmm. modules inside in, in, in the campus at WAT. And again, the ag science students, possibly more in second year, they'd be out here doing the production skills associated with um, sheep, beef, dairy, tillage and um, soil, things like that. So I suppose it gives them a, a grounding in the, the practical or applied um, aspect of the uh, enterprise or sector that they're, they're going into. Well, it's a great tie-in for us to have, I suppose. It, um, it keeps us evolving and a, a lot of those students actually end up becoming our colleagues after a number of years as well. So great of that tie-in and I suppose going to the UCD one, um, up to a week ago we would have had um, some UCD um, students down here that would be on a, um, a dairy business course and uh, they would um, come from the campus new UCD down here doing again the applied practical skills mm-hmm. and body condition scoring cows grass measurement and um, locomotion scoring cows things like that unfortunately for them they, they usually well it, it ties in as a period of training before they go on placement and now, a lot of them would normally have gone abroad and they're based on farms here in Ireland obviously because of, of COVID and I'm sure they'll get a, a good experience as a result of that but it's just maybe to ground them in the practical side of things which is really what we're, yeah. we're about here in
2: Kildalden and obviously last year was a hugely difficult year for you because you very much practically Based and it's the balance between the, the actual in, in classroom and practical but the practical element which really makes uh, Kildalton stand out of course you're also renowned from the one for the whole horticultural area you've added on the equine but the horticultural area still a key area for you and you've broadened that so much not from strict horticulture but sports turf and all the other various areas which become hugely important and of course the equine section as well so they've really developed in tandem with yeah. the, the agri courses Yeah
5: what has become um, kind of increasingly popular at the horticulture side Kieran would be um compound words so Someone who is maybe starts down a the road, they've um, either gained employment or maybe self-employed, and they're looking to get more knowledge in a given area. They can't give up work fully to do, a, you know, a full certificate or a certificate, let's say, after a level five or level six um, award. But they want to study in a specific area. So, for example, in horticulture, there's component awards there where you can come in and do a module over a semester, over a full year on things like plant protection or plant propagation. So, you have employers looking at sending or upskilling employees and sending them to do that, maybe you know, half a day a week, let's say, um, or of individuals coming to get more knowledge on, on um, that given area and to, to do it mm. the um, flexibility there, there full time work yeah. and things
2: like that brilliant yeah, the, 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 I yeah. think that flexibility so of so full time learning yeah. really. brilliant and of course the equine college uh, the equine courses have really been a standout going back to Martin's story and the facilities you have there just from, uh, from the whole stud and the whole horse racing area and show jumping and equestrian and sport horse so that has really developed as well indeed it, it's a huge area for you and very much mixed between male and female across those courses. Uh.
5: Absolutely. And again, you, you mentioned uh, Norman Story there, who would have been to the fore when the, the actual courses, the sequin courses would have started off here. And I suppose if you break it down, in it's most basic. You, you have an option of, of a student coming in looking at the, um, the, the the riding side or the breeding side, so like the stud management um, are actually developing themselves in terms of riding skills. But I suppose in addition to that, there is the the option, the facility for some of the, the stronger students looking to progress in that line to do the BHS exams, where so you could say it's the equivalent nearly like a, a city and guilds training as such, so they, they, we, we'd be a test centre for that right. and um, certain students are put forward or they're able to apply to, to do that and that's a kind of I suppose a, an industry accredit, um, recognised accreditation for um, the British Horse Society from the point of view of um, the ability to, to train um, or to instruct people in horse riding and again it's fantastic to see how the students are involved again there's a strong um, female component in the, in the students there which adds to the overall I suppose mix of dynamics in the campus but it's great to see how they evolve and you see them I suppose, come to the foreign industry a number of years later when they set, settle into their mm. given roles kind of heartening
2: Finally I mentioned passing there, eve ongoing open days and the last and final open day will be on Thursday the 12th of August obviously you'll be hoping to get back to normal as such as regards from a lecturing point of view obviously last year was very much Zoom and and, and stream so hopefully getting back to normal but Thursday the 12th of August an opportunity anybody listening for any man, woman because all age groups are catered for in Kildalton and any parents who want to avail of the Thursday the 12th of August
5: Yeah absolutely and I suppose Karen the main thing would be that they would book in ahead by ringing out the reception at 051 one six four 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 zero zero, or emailing us at kildalton.college at chagas.ie and again it's just so we can I suppose put uh, small groups together mindful of COVID restrictions that allow us to conduct small groups in tours safely that day. Right, uh, it, probably important to flag there as well that we have if you, if you log on to the Chagas uh, website and you go into the education uh, link within that we have distance education and part time courses starting this autumn Brilliant. for either what we call adult learners or those who are in, in in, in full-time employment and, and wish to complete the green cert either on a, on a part-time basis and um, possibly two nights a week one focusing on theory one on skills and do that for a year and a half and um, come in um, let's say over um, 16, 17 days over a 12-month period and do distance education course hmm. and complete it in a year so there's there's a
2: number of different um, literally all areas are yeah, all areas yeah. for I, I suppose the best thing if people go to the Chagas website they, they'll get all the details or you say contact the college directly as well well listen uh, yeah. Joe thanks William. the
5: notification Kieran, would, would be on the the, um, the Kildalton College Facebook page as well Kildalton College Facebook are filling page or uh, closing yeah. date that will be available on that, with yeah. on that
2: well as I Facebook. say it's Thursday the 12th of August Kildalton College celebrating 50 years Joe Day to you and involved. well done congratulations it's a great milestone you're doing fabulous work there and you're the leading college in Ireland and you didn't get there by chance but huge hard work over the years to all the lecturers and everyone involved congrats well done enjoy the, the 50 year celebration hopefully you'll be able to do it justice before the end of 2021 thank you William Joe thank you very much thanks Kieran. and before I Go on the racing front with a good week again for local Waterford connections cross channel. Kappa Jock Tom Queeley, who's not a great one at present, had winners at Yarmouth and Clemensford While back home, it's that man again. Knocking trainer Henry Debramid, Henry Saddle winners at Wexford, Tremore, and Roscommon. We'd also wins in the past week for Dunhill trainer Shay Barry at Tipperary. While Taylor trainer Ken Buds had a good winner at Wexford and Kilgobnett trainer Dermot O'Brien in the winners enclosure. Back again with the Kilbrine Syndicate in the winners enclosure again at Tremore on Sunday last. So well done all round. Of course, pride place this week goes to young Ardmore jockey John Gleeson who his very first winner on the track at Billiastown last week the first of many I'm sure for this very promising young rider. indeed well that's it for this week's programme once again my thanks to Ollie and Sean for all their help in putting this week's programme together so stay safe keep up the protocol and hopefully I'll have your company again same time next week
1: Farmview with Kieran O'Connor on WLR
0: with GlanviaConnect.com Ireland's biggest online farming shop and more